What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on Tigers. I'm your host, Chris Castellani. It is Tuesday, October 13th, 2020. Thank you very much for tuning in. Two games to recap from yesterday, Game 2 of the ALCS and Game 1 of the NLCS between the Dodgers and Braves. I am going to talk about both those games uh, extensively, but before I do that, I am going to start off by talking about some news that broke right before I uploaded yesterday's podcast. It was pretty big news, sent shockwaves all throughout the baseball world, and that's that the Chicago White Sox made the decision to fire their manager, Rick Renteria, and they parted ways with longtime pitching coach, uh, Don Cooper, really a, a surprising move there. But I give, look, I give the White Sox a lot of credit. And before I get into that, I think this is pretty earth shattering for the Tigers. You know, I think for a second there, the Tigers managerial position looked like one of the more appealing on the market. That's completely changed as their divisional rival now has the most appealing managerial position. Maybe that we've seen in the last couple of years, uh, quite honestly. I mean, maybe Houston last year, you could argue argue was, was bigger, but everyone knew they were, you know, in the midst of that scandal. This is one of the hottest, uh, you know, most up and coming teams in all of baseball in the Chicago White Sox. And I know they're going to get A.J. Hench or Alex Cora. This is an organization that's going to get who they want because it's an insanely appealing job. You have an unbelievable lineup. You have an all-right pitching staff with guys like Lucas Giolito and Dallas Keiko who pitched some good baseball last year. You have an all-right bullpen. A, a really appealing job, far more appealing than, than Detroit. Uh, pretty earth-shattering news for Tigers fans. But if you're wondering why I'm constantly in praise of the Chicago White Sox and constantly pessimistic about the Tigers' rebuild, look no further than this. The White Sox could have so easily, so easily said, hey, you know what? We just made the playoffs for the first time in 12 years. We had a good team. No need to rock the boat. We're going to retain everybody, bring the band back together. And people would have said, all right, sure. But no, they, they said, you know what? No. This team was good. They could have been better. They fell apart at the end. We got into the postseason, and we had a manager who lost his bleep in mind. So we're going to make some changes. That's a championship move. And I tweeted all this stuff out, but I'll, I'll bring, reiterate it here because I thought it was a smart thing that I said. You can lose a lot of games and still retain a winning culture. And that, that's been the biggest problem with the Tigers over the last several years is I see a culture that is totally uh, complacent. I see a culture that's that's very okay with not just losing, but losing in embarrassing ways and not holding people accountable. In 2019, they lost 114 games. They had arguably, considering the year in which they played in, considering it was the year of the home run, probably the most embarrassing offense in the history of baseball, they brought everybody back. Ooh, they, they rearranged the deck chairs on the Titanic. We're going to move you here. Lloyd McClendon, you're a bench coach. Joe Vavra, you're now the hitting coach. That's not, that's not a good culture. That's not a winning culture. That's a complacent culture. And you look at what the White Sox are doing, if you wonder why the White Sox are ascending and the Tigers are not, that's why. And I'm not saying that... The, the White Sox going out and getting Hinch is necessarily the Tigers' fault. Like, this is a, it's a more appealing job. I get it. But to me, just the move in general speaks to why one team is rising and one team is kind of flatlining. It, it does bother the hell out of me. But I give the White Sox a whole lot of credit. That's a championship move. They took a big step forward here in 2020, and they weren't content with it. And I'm sure they're going to take another big step forward here starting next season when they get an elite manager. Good for them. Let's move on to the two games that actually went down yesterday. Two playoff games, Game 2 of the ALCS and Game 1 of the NLCS. I'll start with the first one. The Rays took a 2-0 lead 
against the Houston Astros, winning 4-2 yesterday. This was a strange game. This was a really strange game, and I was not the only person to point out how strange of a ball game this was. Every single statistic, every analytic, pointed to the Astros being victorious in this game. They struck out more batters. They got more hits. Their expected batting average was almost 200 points higher than the Rays was, and yet it was the Rays who came out on top 4-2. to two. They're now two wins away from the World Series. It would be their first World Series appearance since their American League championship run in 2008. A really remarkable game. I feel bad for Lance McCullers, who has had a hard time coming back from injuries. He's come back from injuries a lot in his career already, and he's still pretty young. But obviously, he had Tommy John last season, missed all of last year. As good as that Astros team was in 2019, you do wonder how good they could have been if they would have had him in that rotation. Because when he's on, he is dirty. And he was on yesterday. I mean, he was phenomenal. Seven innings, four hits, four runs, only one earned, and I'll talk about why that was in a second. Zero walks and 11 strikeouts. I mean, you're not going to get a much better effort out of a guy in the postseason. It's a shame he, he ended up taking the loss, and the reason for that was because in the first inning, Jose Altuve made an error, which led to three runs. Manny Margot hit a three-run home run to put the Rays in front. Really for good, they would go on to win 4-2. to two. Let's talk about Jose Altuve here for a second. Altuve's been good in the postseason, was not good in the regular season, uncharacteristically made two awful errors yesterday that really, I mean, it, honestly, you'd hate to put it all on one guy, but really cost the team the game. McCullers was brilliant. Besides that, I'll talk about Rays pitching here in a second. Charlie Morton with a very strange outing. Jose Altuve, I think, has taken what's happened to the Astros harder than anyone else on that team. Because I think that you look at guys like Correa and Springer and Bregman, who were all a part of this. They were all a part of that championship team in 2017 that you know contributed to, as many say, stealing a World Series with the cheating scandal. Those guys are still fairly young, and I feel like you have Bregman, you have Springer, you have Correa, guys who potentially could have Hall of Fame resumes that people will look back on and say, you know what, I know they were a part of that cheating scandal, but their resumes are so overwhelmingly good, it doesn't impact their legacy that much. Then you have Jose Altuve, not as highly touted as the other guys. You have a guy who was signed for like, what, it was like $50,000 or something, it might have even been less than that in 2008, like when George W. Bush was still president, a guy who a lot of people didn't think highly of, he was too small, couldn't hit for power, couldn't play with the big boys, couldn't play in the majors, proved everybody right wrong. You know, in 2014, when they were bad, when they were really bad, put up an MVP caliber season, led the league in hits, won a batting title, I believe led the league in stolen bases as well. He was just awesome. He was the face of that franchise, a franchise that has seen so many stars over the last several years. He was the guy. And then this cheating scandal hit, and because he was their best player, he was the guy I feel like took the brunt of it. For some reason, people, Correa as well, but for some reason, people don't seem to hate those guys the way that they've hated on Altuve. And a big reason for that as well is Bregman's had a pretty solid year this year. Springer's had a pretty solid year. Correa's had a good year. The guy who has struggled the most, who's seen the biggest drop-off, has been Jose Altuve. And I, believe it or not, I still like Altuve. I still think Jose Altuve has the potential to have a Hall of Fame career here. Yes, his legacy is greatly impacted by what went down there with the sign-stealing scandal, but I still think the guy is a remarkable player. I think there has been psychological damage 
done to him this season. And you know what? Look, a lot of it isn't his fault. A lot of it was brought on him. Now, you have those knuckleheads on Twitter who are saying that, you know, he deserved to die and stuff like that. That's insane. But I think he's taken it harder than anyone else. And I think it's impacted his game. I think that was on full display yesterday. Jose Altuve has been money in the postseason. Two errors yesterday for a guy who hadn't made one all season. That screams mental to me. And believe it or not, well, I know they cheated. I still like Altuve and I hope he figures it out. As for the Rays, you know, another gutsy performance by them. Charlie Morton did not have his best stuff yesterday. His command was terrible. I mean, yanking fastball, like first pitches in the counts, like 0-0 pitches, was throwing fastballs that were a foot and a half outside. I mean, he was really missing. And yet, as he's done several times already in his limited time with the Tampa Bay Rays, just gutted through it in the postseason. He's made four starts as a member of the Rays in the postseason. He's 4-0. He's pitched five innings in all of them, and yet he's been pretty darn good. He's been really consistent. ERA under one now in those starts. What an what an incredible signing that was for Tampa Bay. One of the best signings in baseball over the last several seasons. The bullpen, not as solid yesterday. Nick Anderson really struggled, but you saw they make every big pitch when it matters. Like in high leverage situations, they've been perfect, and it's a reason why they're up 2 nothing right now. I tweeted this out. Some people disagreed with me, as they often do, and that's fine. I get 2015 Royals vibes from this baseball team because they have a great bullpen, I think Kevin Cash is a better manager than Ned Yost, but, you know, they both had solid enough managers. But they have a team that doesn't make mistakes. In 2015, the Royals won the World Series because they didn't beat themselves. The Mets killed themselves in the 2015 World Series. Errors, bad pitches, poor at-bats. This Rays team, they put the ball in play. They see a lot of pitches. Yeah, they struck out a lot yesterday, and yet, when it mattered most... They got big hits. There's no one in that lineup that on their own is going to scare you, but top to bottom, there's no automatic out either. And they're getting contributions from guys who haven't really contributed much at the major league level. Mike Zanino has been like a bum, homered yesterday, hit a big-time home run off of Lance McCullers Jr., and they are now two wins away from the American League pennant. So that will do it for segment one. When I come back, I'm going to talk about what was a really exciting game in game one of the NLCS between the Braves and Dodgers. We'll be right back. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even a new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And we're back. Awesome game yesterday, game one of the NLCS. The Braves outlasted the Dodgers 5-1. to one. They scored four runs in the top of the ninth. 
this they scored four runs in the top of the ninth. This was an awesome pitcher's duel. Walker Bueller on the mound for the Dodgers. Walker Bueller has not looked completely right all season. I think his command has been off. He had an injury early on, and I wonder if he's been having trouble repeating his delivery, and it's led to some difficulty throwing strikes at points. Walked five in this game, but the stuff was awesome. Five innings, three hits, one run, five walks, and seven strikeouts. He was outdone, though, by Max Fried, who was brilliant once again for the Braves. How good has this guy been? I mean, he's going to be probably in the top three for the Cy Young. Was great in his first start. Not so great in his start against the Marlins, but he's bounced back, and he was awesome yesterday. Six innings, four hits, one run, two walks, and nine strikeouts. You get to the ninth inning. You get a solo shot by Austin Riley off of Blake Trinan to put him up two to one. You get an insurance run on an RBI single by Marcelo Zuna, and then you get kind of the backbreaker, a two-run shot by Ozzie Albies to put the game on ice. Braves are going to win 5-1. to one. This is the closest they've been to the World Series in a long time. First NLCS game they've won in 19 years. I've said so many times that I've overlooked the Braves, so I'm not going to say that again. But I've, I've been so impressed by how they go about their business. But even more so, I'm impressed by their front office. Because, and I, I it took me a second to realize all of this, but almost every signing they've made over the last several years has been almost flawless for them. Nick Markakis, I mean, he was always good, but like revived his career in Atlanta. Marcelo Zuna has been a monster this season. Travis Darnode's been very good for them. Dallas Keuchel was solid for them in the limited action he saw a season ago. That's not including the extensions they gave Albies and they gave Acuna. And you know, after when Freddie Freeman's a free agent, they're going to give him an extension. I don't see him leaving Atlanta. They've done a good job of building a really solid bullpen with a lot of veteran arms like Shane Green, like Mark Melanson, like Will Smith. Chris Martin's really solid for them. They are becoming a true juggernaut. And I don't know what's going to happen in this series. I think this series is going to be a knockdown, dragout kind of fight. I think this is going to be a real heavyweight battle. The Dodgers are not going to go down quietly. There's too much talent on that team for them not to. But the class of the National League over the next several years may not be the Dodgers, as so many people, including myself, previously thought. Because so many things have gone wrong for the Braves this year, and yet they've just continued to roll. They've just continued to get the job done. They haven't lost a postseason game yet. I'm so impressed with them. The Braves are a prime example of why it's possible to build for the future and for the present simultaneously. This team can win the World Series this year, but I could easily see them winning it several times over the next five years also. That's how good of a job they've done of building for the future and yet not sacrificing what they have in the moment. So impressed by the job that Brian Snicker does. So impressed by that front office and even more so just impressed by the players. They have such a talented core there. There's a lot of young players in that lineup, but a lot of veteran leadership as well. Such a dangerous team. I can't wait to see how the rest of the NLCS plays out, even if they don't win this series, even if they don't win the World Series. Uh, so impressed by the Atlanta Braves. If they had such an incredible stretch of dominance in the early 90s all the way to the the mid-2000s where they won 13 division titles in a row, won several pennants, only won one World Series. I don't think we'll ever see that again. There's too much parity in baseball. that I don't see them going 13 consecutive years winning the division every single year, but I think we're going to have kind of a a modern-day version of that kind of run. I think they have just become an assembly line of talent. Like, yes, they've lost a lot of guys this year, but they might be like one of those teams like the Yankees or like the Dodgers where 
it doesn't really matter who goes down. They have such depth at almost every position that they can plug and play guys even if some of their best players are out. It's really remarkable what they've done. I can't wait to see where that franchise goes from here. So that will do it for today's show. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Tigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a positive review of this show. It would be much, much appreciated. Leave a five-star review of this show and, and write in. Let me know what you thought of it. I would really, really appreciate that. And also, I have a YouTube page. You'll find the link to that in my personal bio on Twitter. Just review the movie Tenet. So check out uh, my review for that. Really enjoy making those videos as well. Thank you very much for tuning in, everybody. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers.